of Break the Cycle with me, your host, Joshua Smith. Guys, I am I am so happy to be back. It's been so long. It's been over a month since I put out a show. Uh, and you guys know uh, I was in Reno last weekend uh, winning my vice chair election that so many of you guys supported me for. Um, so thank you for that. It has been a wild ride, um, and I needed a little time off uh, to get this thing finished. Uh, we traveled for 12 days with my family um, all over the country, uh, drove 5,000 miles. It was pretty wild. Um, and while right before I left, I got new internet. So I know you guys, uh, had a lot of problems with dropped frames on, uh, my old internet. Um, unfortunately, uh, an animal chewed through my internet cable several months ago and, uh, CenturyLink sucks and could not fix it. Um, but in that time, uh, MetroLink, uh, installed fiber cable in Iowa for the first time ever. Uh, so we have fiber now, uh, we're run, running like one gig or something. So, uh, the stream should be a lot better. I hope you guys are enjoying the stream. Um, but we have a lot to talk about, uh, and I brought on a good friend to talk about it tonight. So let's start off with some sponsors. Of course, we have the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner in crime and partner on the show in Break the Cycle, uh, toplobster.com, where you can get this great Ron Paul getting high on the Ideas of Liberty shirt that you see me wearing tonight by using BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. Or you can join the Patreon subscribe star or become a member of my YouTube channel under all my videos by hitting the join link. Um, seriously, guys, if you're uh, if you're interested in helping me uh, continue the show, continue uh, activism, all that stuff, that's a good way to do it. Um, it. It does help me out with the traveling and all that great stuff that I have to constantly do. I really appreciate all the support you guys gave me in the run up to the campaign. As you may not know or do know, I am also running for uh, state rep in Iowa in District 44 against um, uh, a gentleman who is a pharmacist, took money from Pfizer and uh, and fought in the state of Iowa to try and lock us down and uh, force vaccine mandates on us. So um, that's going to be a really interesting run. Uh, today is actually, uh, um, today is primary day in Iowa. It's June 7th. Uh, and as long as the Republicans uh, do not run anybody in this district, which I don't think they are, uh, I will be running against the Democrat as a libertarian. I will be his only opposition. Um, and boy, did he get some bad opposition because I don't play. You guys know that when I campaign, I don't play. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. As third party in Iowa, I don't have to uh, turn in my signatures until August. So I have a lot of time to get a lot of stuff done. We'll be setting up at 4th of July booths and parades and doing all that stuff. Knocking doors. Uh, I got a whole crew of door knockers that live in my house. They're They're a little short. Uh, but the kids enjoy the kind of stuff. My my son and my daughter were with, with me on the convention floor when I won my vice chair race. Uh, so that was a really special moment for me and the kids. Um, but I do appreciate you guys very much, man. Uh, and thank you for all support. Again, uh, let's check out anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently. 
Um, please, seriously, if you guys own a business, go check them out. They're amazing people. Uh, if you know Amy Lepore, if you're a libertarian and you were at the national convention or watched it live, she gave that stunning, amazing speech, uh, for, for my good friend, Karen Ann Harlos and her reelection. They were, uh, she's just amazing. Amy Lepore is amazing. So please go check out her business and support libertarian owned business, uh, from Delaware. I'd appreciate it. We do have another new sponsor too, that will be coming on board, uh, for shows going forward. If you're listening to this, uh, on audio, you've probably already heard an ad for a new podcast that, uh, I will be, uh, working with and, and, uh, they are sponsoring the show. Uh, the whole podcast theme is them going back to the beginning of ECW and, uh, watching those episodes. It's going to be pretty cool. Um, of course, uh, you guys don't see this on the live show, but, uh, Dan Smots is also one of the sponsors from the system is down. His audio is, uh, clip is always in my audio shows as well. Uh, guys, I missed you, man. I don't even remember how to do this podcasting thing. Uh, and then I got the new internet and there was something wrong with my blind IP. So I had to change that on OBS. Pretty wild stuff, man. Uh, but I am happy to be back. And we do have a great show for you guys tonight. I'm very, very excited. I've been trying to do this show for a while. Uh, Almighty Beach, thank you so much, man, for the $20 super chat. Uh, says congrats on your win. Anthony A., thanks for the $5 super chat. Praying for a big win in Iowa race. Can't wait to see you again soon. You're going to be at Pork Fest. Yes, sir. I will be at Pork Fest. I'm going to come to Pork Fest uh, Wednesday. Well, I'm, I'm flying into Boston. Hopefully, someone will be able to pick me up from Boston and bring me uh, to New Hampshire. Uh, flying into Boston on Wednesday, and I'm leaving Sunday. So I will be there. Uh, camped out for a couple days. I don't know what I'm doing there. Uh, I've talked to a couple people. I talked to, to Dennis and, and uh, Sean and some other great people from the Free State Project. They're going to have me uh, maybe do a, a talk. I don't know. I know I'm going to do some laid back stuff at the Mises tent. Um, of course, I'll be repping the Libertarian Party, the new and improved Libertarian Party. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the Mises Caucus swept the entire national board uh, of the Libertarian Party and also the entire Judicial, judicial Committee. Um, and are currently working on filling up committees. Uh, so the party is made new in a new image uh, that is is ready and willing to work. JC, thanks for the $5 super chat. Yes, I am the new VC. Boom, we did it. I took over the takeover, if you guys know what I mean. Uh, but let's bring on my guest tonight. I'm very excited to have a guest uh, back on the show. My good friend, uh, Leighton Radner, host of Outlawed Thoughts, uh, Libertarian Party Mises Caucus organizer in Alaska, and a longtime supporter and friend of mine. Mr. Leighton, how you doing tonight, sir? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm I'm doing good. It's been uh, it's been a good day today. Laid back. It has been. It's been, well. I had to go back to so so for like you guys that don't know, I I went to the national convention, but we drove there from Iowa, and it's a it's about a twenty if straight through without stopping. It's twenty three and a half hour drive. Um, and we made uh we made the first day. I think we were in the car for almost eighteen hours. We did uh, we drove from. From Iowa to Salt Lake City and passed out in Salt Lake City late. Woke up the next day, uh, drove into Reno and uh, stayed in Reno for the three days. We got COVID. Uh, we don't know if we had it before we got there or right as we got there, but my son was was already coughing and stuff when we got there. Everybody was getting COVID, man. Yeah, everybody got COVID at the, at the convention, it sounds like. And, you know, thankfully, it's a di it seems to be a different disease than it was in, in the two years ago. It's way more mild for most people. Uh, my son was really, really sick, though, and then so we took him to the hospital in the morning and uh, – and uh, found out that he had COVID, so I didn't return on I didn't return on Sunday. Of course, the kids all had coughs. Julia got really sick. I thought I was getting a fever for like two hours on Sunday, and then nothing ever came of it. So I was just like, okay, well, I, I either don't have COVID or it just is not going to affect me uh, like it did the first time I had it. Um, but we left there and went to see my eighty year old grandmother with COVID. Um, and uh, so all you all you grandma killing uh, fanatics, uh, 
we didn't kill her. She didn't get sick. She had uh, just the day before we got up there, just tested positive or negative for COVID for the first time after having it for a week. Um, and so she wasn't worried about us coming up. So we went up there and quarantined with my grandma and her partner for two days and then went and saw my mom and my sister and all them up in Portland for another two or three days. So we were, we were already way over symptoms by the time we left there. And then we basically yeah, I, just drove I, into I think anybody, I think anybody who has a bigger family, I mean, I grew up with four brothers and kind of just a, everybody kind of living in Alaska. If you have a big family, there, there's no quarantining. Yeah. It's no. like, <laughs> it's like well, it everybody, if somebody's got a cold, even if you live in different households, everybody's going to get. Oh yeah. Shit. Well, we found out, we found out, you know, we found out that, that, uh, my son, my 16 month old son, Mateo, who you guys have met on the show before, um, he had, uh, he had COVID. We found that out on Sunday morning at like 7am. Uh, so I was like two hours away from going back to the convention cause I felt fine. I was a little hungover. Uh, cause I did hang out with a lot of libertarians. <laughs> so was everyone else. Yeah. I hung out with a lot of libertarians, uh, Saturday night after, after the vice chair election and I won and, you know, it was kind of cathartic, man. Like I, you know, I, I had put in a lot of work over the last five years. I traveled, I was telling somebody I had been to like 47 uh, states or something for the, for my, my different campaigns. Uh, it was my 60th convention over the last five years. That, that national convention it was my 60th wow. convention, third national convention in a row. Um, you know, I've sacrificed homes and jobs and, and, and relationships and all kinds of shit for these campaigns. Uh, so it was really cathartic and just like, it felt really good to win. You know what I mean? Like after, after all that I had been through and, and all the shit that these people have put me through for trying to change the party and make it more successful, like it just felt really, really good. And so I went out and hung out with people, man, and, and partied and, and drank. And I, uh, I got back to the hotel room at like four 30 in the morning and, and I laid down my son and he was just like, he was very hot, dude, and he was like panting, kind of. And and Julia woke up, and I was like, "Sweetie, we gotta get, we gotta take him to the hospital. This isn't good, you know." Of course, I stayed back with the other kids while she took him to the hospital. And then she called me at like seven thirty or seven o'clock. She's like, "Yeah, he's got COVID," and I'm like, "Oh fuck, uh, oh game shit." Over. You know, I'm like, well, and so I immediately text, you know, I immediately start texting people like, yo, I got COVID. I can't come back to the convention. And if any of you guys are sick, you might want, you know what I mean? Like, like, I'm sorry. I didn't meet, you know, it wasn't like I did on purpose. And, you know, my kids get sick. No one, no one could have. I kept trying. So this is an actual debate that I got in on Facebook because I get in these stupid arguments sometimes with these outside kind of hokey libertarian types. And and I had a debate with somebody who was talking about how somebody went to the convention sick and got other people sick and this is all horrible. And I was like, have you ever been to conventions? Like this is a thing that exists not only in time. political spaces, but if you go to like a, a Comic-Con, if you go to an anime convention, if you go to magic tournaments, any of this shit, like which I've gone to all, all three of those. Uh, you're going to get sick almost every time if you have a shitty immune system or if you're in at all uh, immune compromised, even in the littlest bit. Right. It's, I mean, it's called convention cold. Like, yeah, we, I, I, and, and you know, I, I just talked about how I've been to like 60 conventions over the last yeah, five years. I guarantee you, you've got a pretty good immune system and you still got it. Well, and, and let me tell you, like, <laughs> this is over the last five years, it's the sickest I've been in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it was because, you know, I was, I was, you know, the first campaign, especially, right. I would fly out every single Friday morning 
fly back every single Sunday evening. I'd work four tens Monday through Thursday, and then I'd fly out again on Friday morning and back on Sunday night. And it, I did that. I actually did that for like four months straight every single week, dude. And I was sick. Like I got sick a lot, right? And then what I think was the first time I had COVID was January of 2020. I flew to uh, uh, Atlanta. Georgia for right the, around the time yeah, I think was, I got it the first yeah, time. Yeah, I was flying in and out of San Francisco that that second campaign. Every single time I flied out, flew out, I was I was flying out of San Francisco, right? And you take the BART train and it takes you drops you off in the international terminal. You got to walk all the way through the international terminal to get to the domestic terminals and 5,000 people a day travel between uh China and San Francisco International Airport. And so I, I flew into Atlanta. I did the convention. By the last day of the convention, I wasn't feeling very good. By the time I got home, I had 102-degree fever, uh, and I was sick for like a week. It felt like I had pneumonia. But we didn't know COVID was here. So it was like, I was like, oh, man, I got the flu or something. But then I tested negative for the flu at the doctor. And so I was like, oh, I don't fucking maybe It's a really bad sinus infection, I guess. I don't know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm pretty sure that's, you know, I had that OG variant, dude, and it got pretty sick. Yeah, and I, just didn't I, know. I know I had it twice. Because the first, the second time, so I had the original variant, but I didn't test. So I don't know for sure if I actually had it, right? So you just have to go off of like, well, I lost my sense of taste for a while. Right. And I couldn't really smell very well for like six months. Well, so that's that, probably that it. symptom for me has always been a funny thing because I'm a cigarette smoker, right? I've been a cigarette smoker for like 25 years, dude. I have to douse shit in hot sauce and sugar and f- to taste anything anyways. I can't smell anything because my nose hasn't worked for fucking ever, right? Like for, I'm, I, I, you know, I've had my nose broken 11 times. Right. Oh, geez. And so like yeah, my nose does not work. It does not work, dude, at all. Like I, I like I have to go and get major surgery on my face to make my nose work. Like a, essentially like a full rhinoplasty to make my yeah, nose work. Yeah, you got to get the whole reconstruction. Yeah, it's just bullshit. it's just done. Yeah. And a lot of people a lot of people don't know that about me, but you know, I played a lot of sports. I did a lot of fighting. Um both. It gets real basically it gets to be the giant knot of just rebuilt yeah. up stuff up there you know nothing gets through my nose so i don't smell good i don't taste good and everyone's like oh i lost my sense of taste i'm like oh i lost my sense of taste like 20 years ago <laughs> you know i don't even i don't even know yeah i don't know what shit tastes like i just know what the hot weird sauce tastes one like was, i have a ton of friends of mine like my okay so my 18 year old brother he's like kind of more on the anarchist side of things and so he's like the one i talk to the most he got COVID, and right afterwards I'm he's sorry. had zero um like he can't eat certain meats if he eats like chicken or beef or pork now it tastes all rancid uh he he explains it as tasting like plasticky chemicals yeah that like was, and you know it, it's affected him for a long time now it's been like months it's this long covid thing well there was this time so so when i think i had covid the second time because I think I've had COVID a second time, and maybe that's why I just didn't even—I didn't even feel it this time, or I didn't have it. Um, I, every morning I get coffee at the High V gas station, right before I go to work, and every morning my coffee would taste like it was rotting, like like the milk was bad or something. Like it was just every morning, Weird. and I'm like, and and Julia, my fiance, I always buy her coffee in the morning too, because you know we ride to work together. She takes me to work, and then comes back and hangs out with the kids all day, but. I get by, buy her a coffee. I buy me a coffee, and my and she's like, coffee tastes fine. I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, fucking taste. I don't know what's going on. It tastes off. I never even thought about it. The fact that it probably could have been from you know the COVID or whatever. Well, that might make sense too, because like coffee and meat are both like bitter in certain right. ways, so they probably have a similar like flavor profile. It was just wonky, and for him, it's affected his diet a lot because it's like chicken and stuff like True. that. It's like makes up a ton of it. 
Um, but yeah, I the second time I got it, I tested uh, my not for COVID, but I tested a few weeks after I had thought I had it. I went and got one of the antibody tests, and my antibodies were high, pretty high, or whatever the region of high was that they told me. And so I was like, well, that must mean that's what that was. And then this third time I got whatever the newest variant was. And I went and I got a test after the. Fact. Yeah. The newest variant, whatever the hell it is, it's very mild. I mean, I think yeah, it, the only it person barely that, felt it. Yeah. The only person that affected like worse was my, my 16 month old son. And even, even then it was like only really fucked him up when he was sleeping. And most yeah. babies when they're, when they're sick and they go to sleep, it's worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so he'd wake up, he'd be smiling and playing. He was really needy and wanted to be held on to all the time. And something about this sickness. So my, my son is, my son is, has been obsessed with his mother since he was born. I mean, she can't walk out of the room for five seconds. If he'll start screaming and crying, you know, always wants to be held, carried around everywhere. He got sick in Reno on this road trip. And all of a sudden he doesn't it- want to let me go anymore it like switched overnight and so now my son is like obsessed with me and and is totally cool without hanging out with his mom which you know it feels weird i wonder what causes that no idea that's got to be some kind of like legitimate mental shift it was really (laughs) strange dude i mean we we would go into a restaurant and she'd try to pick him up and carry him into the restaurant with us on the on our road trip and and i'm telling you he would scream and cry until i grabbed him and then he stopped I don't know. I don't. It was very strange because it's never been like that. If I took him from Mama, he was he was like screaming. Now it's the complete opposite. It's it's kind of cool, man. I don't know. How was the how was the drive up uh, going from where you're at over to to Reno? Well, so like I said, we did that first day. Uh, we did like a marathon, and we drove from Iowa to Salt Lake City, um, and fell asleep. And it was it was good. It was nice. And you know, we we I bought. Uh, two headrest DVD players for the minivan so the kids could watch movies. That's a good investment. That really helped out. I, I went to the Walmart like bargain DVD bin and brought, bought like a stack of like kids DVDs for the kids. There's and, a model on Amazon I've sent to people who have kids because it, it has a USB. That's what uh, we have. Plug on we it. have a USB and plug on our What stuff. I had on what I had set up is I had a thumb drive that I had just ripped a bunch of movies nice. onto. Yep. And so you could just be like, oh, there's a thumb drive in the little seat cushion and there's 200 movies on it. Just That's smart. And I, and I should do that because it does have it does have that on there. But yeah, it's perfect. So we, we drove from there to Salt Lake City. Then we drove into Reno. We stayed the, the three days or four days in Reno, <laughs> drove into California to see my grandmother, drove up to Portland to see my mom and sister. Then we on our way out of Portland, we stopped in uh, Spokane, Washington, had had dinner with my friend Perry Nord. Um, at the Spaghetti Factory in downtown Spokane. That was really cool to see him. He's been a longtime friend and supporter of the show as well. Uh, and then we left Spokane, and uh, and we drove um, as far as we could that night. Uh, we got through the panhandle of Idaho um, and into Montana, uh, and we were trying to make it to Missoula, and it was just so, it was so far. We were about an hour and a half out of Missoula, uh, Montana. It was the middle of the night. I was exhausted. We found some little small town. I tried to go get a motel. We got pulled over. Are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is 
is down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts. That's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over. By the cops for going like four miles an hour over the speed limit. And I turned around because I was down some side shitty road and I was like, I can't find this motel. I got to turn around. He thought I was trying to run from him. Cause I was making a oh, U-turn Jesus. and pulled me over really nice. He was like a sheriff. He wasn't a cop. And you know, the sheriffs in Montana, they're a little different. They're a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. And he was really, really nice. And, and, uh, and let us go. Didn't give us a ticket or anything like that. But he's like, you know, there's a car show in town this weekend. So you won't find any open hotels here until you get to Missoula. And I was mm-hmm. like, damn it, dude. And it's like, it's already like one and we're in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, you're telling me there's a car show in this little middle of nowhere town. He's like, yep unfortunately it's bad week and so we did end up driving to missoula that night um stayed the night there and then woke up the next day and drove into yellowstone and we were about three three and a half hours away from the west entrance um and then we get into yellowstone and we want to see everything you know and i'm like oh we're you know yellowstone we're not that far from the house we'll be out in wyoming we'll be close and uh we get to the old faithful and it's like 7 30 at night and uh and we're gonna you know we're waiting till 7 59 to see the old faithful uh um explode or whatever and I look at the GPS and it says we have 17 and a half hours to go to get home and I have to work on Monday morning. And this is Saturday. This is Oof. Saturday night. Right. And I'm like, oh, sweetie, we got to go. We got to get out of here right now. <laughs> so we got to haul ass. So we come out of the we come out of the east exit of Yellowstone. And I'm thinking, you know, the west entrance, there's like there's like uh bars and restaurants and hotels right. and gas stations and all this shit. And I was like, east entrance going to be the same thing. Right. So we come out of the east entrance. No, dog. No, it's barren. It's fucking nothing for hours. We drove through the Grand Tetons all the way through the Grand Tetons. Then we I was like, okay, well, after the Grand Tetons National Forest, there's going to be something right. Then we get into the Shoshone National Forest and then all of a sudden it's pitch black. We don't see a streetlight for three hours, bro. A single streetlight. We're in the middle of nowhere. I can feel it's we're like going to Alaska. Yeah, I feel. I, I, yeah, exactly. I feel like we're going over mountains and stuff. Um, there's nothing lit up. I'm. I have a half a tank of gas and I'm freaking out. Right. And uh, and the only signs we see are lit up road signs that say "Don't stop for the bears." Right, and I'm like, oh shit, this is terrible. If we get fucking shit. stranded out here, uh, finally after about an hour or so, we we come by a gas station that has uh, there's nothing. It's not open. It's all dark. But it's but got the card the thing. The pumps were on, so I was like, oh, thank God. Oh, and then, and then we come out, finally come out into a little small town called Dubois or Dubois or whatever in uh, in Wyoming, and nothing's open but one bar. And so I'm like, I'm out of cigarettes. We the kids are starving. It's like it's like you know midnight already, and I'm like, I'm gonna go in this bar and see if they have any food. So I park and I walk in, and it's like the record skips right. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you guys have any food here by chance? And do you sell cigarettes? He's like, I got both, but I only got frozen corn dogs. And I was like, perfect. The kids will eat corn dogs. So I, that'll work. Yeah, I'm hanging yeah. out. I'm hanging out in this bar. That's gold. After, yeah, after coming out of this, after coming out in this mountain. Uh, and, yeah. and, uh, I'm hanging out in this bar waiting for these corn dogs and there's like young people in there, but it said like the population 28 or some dumb shit on the side. And I'm like, I'm like, where did all these people come from? He's like, you're looking at everybody who lives in the, t- in this town, you know? And I was yeah. Like, they're all here drinking. This yeah. Is, no, this well, is... and I was like, you know, for three hours West of this town, there's nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing. I think we saw two cars on that road the whole time we were on it for three hours. Um, so anyway, so we, uh, so we get the corn dogs and, and he's like, yeah, you're probably not going to find a hotel here, but if you drive about an hour, uh, East more, um, you're going to find a a little town that's got some, some places. So we ended up staying in Wyoming that night, woke up eight o'clock in the morning. We still had about 12 and a half hours left. 
Um, and uh, we just started hauling ass to home. We got home 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, yesterday morning, and then I woke up for work uh, yesterday morning at uh, 5.30 to go to work yesterday. Er, yeah, yesterday, and then today, and now I'm off for two days, so finally get to rest. Perfect. That was our trip. That was the whole trip, but that, we made a lot of really cool family memories. We got to have a lot of cool, good food. And- I will, the, the craziest road trip we ever had, we bought a minivan in Seattle. It was me and my whole family. Uh, it was like, we bought it for $900, I think, oh, in geez. Seattle. We put 51,000 miles on it. Yeah. Uh, and when we started that trip two days before we left Seattle to start the trip with this van that we had bought, I went to open the side door, the sliding door on it, and the whole fucking thing popped off the track and fell onto the ground, and we duct taped it. So for the entire road trip, that door was just duct taped shut. Oh my goodness. we had like nine tires that we replaced on that trip. It was it was nuts. Well, we did we did we did like fifty one hundred miles in in twelve oh, days. Yeah. It was a lot. Yeah, people don't realize that like people hear the number fifty thousand miles and they think that was nuts. I'm like, well, nah, not really. It was like two months of driving, basically. Yeah, I mean, like we, nonstop. We, we did like, that. Yeah, we did that in twelve. We did fifty one hundred miles in twelve days, and we did a lot of stops. I mean, a lot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like for days at a time. Obviously, we were in Reno for four days. We we're in California for two days. Uh, Portland, Oregon for two days. Um, you know, and we stayed places. So it wasn't like wasn't like we were just yeah. driving straight through. But and we still put no, fifty one hundred miles. Motel sixes, man. Yeah, it was I. And it was funny because I got an oil change right before we left because you know you want to be ready for the road and shit and uh and by the time we get home you know we're two thousand miles over two <laughs> for a new oil change i was like yeah that makes right sense. you're right back to the same place again well yeah. i i i i think that uh i was watching the the stream of the convention right um from my living room because i did not make it to the convention i wanted to but unfortunately i didn't get to be a delegate i didn't actually make it to the state convention there was a whole i literally went to the state convention like i physically went from seward up there yeah, all the pretty, way to i was Wasilla. pretty sad you weren't there buddy and then like three hours so i got up there i couldn't get a room at the place i was going to get and then i ended up like not having i had cash but i couldn't get money put on the card right and so there's no hotel options and i was stuck up there with the option of like just chilling for eight hours until the convention floor opened and then just figuring it out from there or driving back and so i ended up driving back and i figured like i we didn't have a big enough presence mises wise at that convention regardless and the people we have it on our state level a lot of them i do get along with so yeah you you know uh, alaska's always had really cool guys there and technically speaking uh because we don't have so because of the super region shenanigans that uh, went on that la- and involvement there, I'm pretty sure that was what happened. But Alaska does not have uh, a region, right. which means that I think technically I'm you region are rep, the region rep. Yeah, I, I, there's <laughs> so a few it states. all kind of worked out anyway. Yeah, there's a few states now that I'm the region rep for, um, and I'm I'm going to start. I want to start a chat with the 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 homeless regions, the orphan regions mm-hmm. so that I can talk with you guys and figure out how we get you all back in a region by the next convention. But, um, yeah, man. And I look forward to representing the orphans. That's what I do. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I take them in my house. I take them in my political ideology. That's not just, you know, I'm living my, I'm living my philosophy dog. Yep. Well, when we were watching the, when I was watching the convention, we had a, we had the Florida, a bunch of the swamp creature people all in a discord. 
for a bunch of it. And so when the when the VC race came up, it was definitely the most contentious because we kept seeing the vote totals come up on screen, and they were horrible about putting stuff up. Sure. So uh, at first, I saw the ver- first vote go through, and everybody else kind of had a similar reaction to I think you did, where you were like, oh, well that's going to be my total. It's not going to move. Right. But I was in the discord kind of going, well, wait. Cause like my guess, is, cause I had said from the very beginning, two things were going to happen. I said, and I said this months ago, not only on my show, but other people's like chats. I was like, it makes sense for the loser brigade piece of shit types that are there to try to get votes for Josh, because it's obvious that Angela didn't want you as a, as a VC pick right. over, Eric, I think that's pretty much out there. Uh, the endorsements were pretty clear, <laughs> which ended up being kind of hilarious to watch play out um, from our from the watching the stream perspective. Right. Uh, so I was telling people that like, no, nah, I think they're going to end up turning around either during the first vote or the second vote because I was kind of convinced that it was going to go to second vote that they were going to go campaign for you, and then somebody told me that, that was kind of happening, which was funny. And then the second thing was, I was like, there's also a bunch of people that are going to get motivated by the fact that all the other candidates and write-ins and people around everyone else in the first vote was going to drop away. Uh, and I think that was enough. And I know you were working the room because I had people tell me you were working the room. The I had a couple of friends on the room, floor. Man. Well, look, so. look, let me, let me, t- let me, let me explain it. It's kind of, it's actually a really funny story. First of all, uh, if you, if you followed my first two chair campaigns, I had a floor. I followed game. the yeah, second. Yeah. You were there for the second one, but I, I followed, I, I, I had a floor campaign. I had a floor plan. I had a, uh, you know, I had a Excel spreadsheet that had all my state delegate whips, uh, they were working the delegations, trying to get people to vote for me. Uh, they were helping me uh, place literature. I had literature. I had signs. I had all that shit. Right. I really put it all on the line. I, I spent every dollar I could. I fucking I did it all right. I organized. This time I was like, Nah, man. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Um, you did it. I was you, like, you're I'm not already gonna, there. Yeah, I was like, I'm not gonna do any of this shit. Like all these people. And- all these people. Look, I knew I had been following the delegate hard count. Right. I knew that like 65 to 70 percent of the delegation was Mises or Mises friendly, and that wasn't including the people that I knew that aren't in the Mises caucus that are my friends that would still vote for me. Right. Yeah. And so. So in my head, I was like, okay, well, this is how it's going to work. I'm not going to go there and be the campaigner that I normally am, right? I'm going to go there and talk to people where they're at and say, hey, look, man, you guys know me. You know why I'm here. And, and that's it. Like, I'm going to do the things that, that I've said I was going to do for the last five years. I have the opportunity to do that from the vice chair role, and that's what I'm going to do. And so I was just going to leave it at that. I wasn't going to campaign on the floor other than talking to people where they're at, right? And, uh, and I knew that either the Mises caucus was going to elect me or they were going to not elect me. And I was going to come home and take some time off and do the show and get everything back together and do my shit here. Right. Or they were going to elect me and they're going to give me that opportunity to, sh- to, prove. when did you, when did you know that Dave was talking <sighs> a long, a while back, a while ago? Yeah. Okay. I figured, and, and here's why, cause from my perspective, I was like, I knew Dave had to pop up somewhere. Like that was kind of my thought in the back of my right. head. I was like, Dave's got to be there. Cause I, and then I was like, then somebody said, Oh, you know, pay attention to who you were going to have. Well, and that, and so that was kind of like, that was, you know, I didn't want to tell anybody because I knew it would leave the, the Rod Sepp campaign 
time to find somebody else to like try and put in that right. position. No, that was that was right? smart. And so and so I, you know, God bless her. I know Angela wanted Eric Rodsep and and I still support Angela. I'm super stoked to be working with her. I'm texting her every day. I want her to know that I'm here for her. I got her back, whatever it takes, right? But I know that she didn't expect Dave to endorse me. And so she went up there and did his speech after they found out that out, from what I understand. But the funniest thing about all this <laughs> and and it's hilarious. Uh, Sasha Cohen, who I dislike greatly, uh, he's called me a Nazi and fascist and all kinds of other things. He comes up to me. I'm smoking in the casino because you just run downstairs, you smoke. In the I casino heard this and run back up, right? And so a lot of people don't know this yet, but this is hilarious, dude. This is probably the funniest thing that happened at the entire convention next to the vice chair uh, debate with Joe Hotman, uh, which I can show you guys uh, some highlights of in a bit. That um, was fucking. Yeah. So <laughs> I got some things to say about yeah, that. <laughs> so, so Sasha comes up to me. And, and and he goes, you know, I don't like you. And I said, that's great. I don't like you either. But, you know, it, it's I don't know why you don't like me. It's all made up and bullshit and whatever. So uh, but he's like, it really seems to me like uh, you would be the thorn in Angela's side if you got elected to vice chair. And I wanted to be like, are you fucking dumb, dude? Like, are you really stupid? Like, do you think I'm going to hurt the caucus by being vice chair? No, no, absolutely not. The, I, I helped build the caucus, dude. Like, I was the guy that was the face of the caucus for years before Dave Smith, before Tom Woods, before Scott Horton, before anybody was really – oh, well, I guess Scott was, was kind of around in the beginning. But before anyone was really involved, before we had endorsements from Ron Paul and all these great people, like – I was the guy I was like, all right, I'm going to take this on my back and go around the country and try and build this with you. Right. So like, why would I do anything to hurt the caucus? Like, unless they really, I mean, they were really had to fuck me over real bad to make me get loud. Right. And there was, there was a time where I said something because I was upset about what was going on, but it wasn't like a detrimental thing. And I didn't want to take it down. And I told people, I still want well, you to support the caucus. I think so it's an amazing going, venture. Going back to that, that is kind of where I, one of the things that I was involved in to begin with was right. because I went on Swamp Creatures when Eric was kind of picked as being the Mises candidate behind the scenes-ish. Right. And made it a little less behind the scenes. Sure. Uh, and then you uploaded the edited uh, clip of that. And then I think that clip got a ton of views because collectively, like... I love Twitter because Twitter just gives you that little ticker in the corner right. and lets you know, okay, enough people saw this that it counted. Yep. Uh, and then yo, it was pretty much on after that. And then, well, of course, like I did the I did those the, the edits of, of Eric. But those were in jest. I, I hope he doesn't think I'm some, like I dislike the guy. I just think he, he was very easily targetable with some right. of that stuff. Yeah, well, and so... You know, I had my issues, but I wasn't like I looked at it as we had a fundamental disagreement on yeah. um, the direction of that role. Um, so I was going to run, and and I knew, and I told Mike this repeatedly. I think I have the delegate support still, um, and uh, and what so so if you watch the ballots, the first ballot I was ahead by two percent, the second ballot I was ahead by four percent, the third oh, I had a pen and paper, the third ballot <laughs> I was I was ahead barely, but it dropped Eric off, so. This is what happened. Sasha Cohen came to me and said, it really feels like you're going to be a thorn in Angela's side. And in my head, like I said, I was like, what a fucking stupid thing to say. Like, of course, I'm going to support Angela. She's my homie. I love her to death. She's going to be a great chair. We're going to turn this fucking party around. It's going to be an amazing party. Right. But then I stopped myself instead of replying like I normally would. I said, yeah, man. 
you guys are going to need me on that board because I'm going to, if, if Angela does something wrong, I'm going to be the only guy that calls her out on that board. He goes, yeah, man, I bet you will. You're going to make things really hard for her. I said, yeah, dude, it's going to be really hard for her. And he went back and he told Nick Sarwark. And he told Jackie Perry and, and Daryl Perry, and they fucking started whipping the anti-Mises people to vote for me, dude. Okay? Daryl Perry, man. And so, no, so listen, sorry. so listen, so, so that 2% that I was ahead on the first ballot, you guys can thank Nick Sarwark for. Shit. That, that 4%, <laughs> that's, that's great. That 4% on the second ballot, you can thank Nick Sarwark and Sasha Cohen and the Perrys for. They're the ones that put me ahead thinking that I was going to tarnish the brand, that I was going to ruin Angela's chance of being a good chair, that I was going to bring down ballot access, that I was going to bring down all this shit. I was going to be that guy. And so they put me over the edge. I, they're the reason that I got the win on the first three. And then, and then they all hopped off on the fourth ballot and tried to vote Noda, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and which you like, could see. Yeah, and, and it's like, hey guys, uh, I don't know if you know this, but my my caucus, even the ones that were voting for Eric in the first couple of rounds, they're not gonna vote. They weren't for gonna Noda. vote Noda. Yeah, it was. They weren't gonna do that. So it was like, yeah. So it was. Uh, it was pretty funny. The whole thing. I, I. I. You know, at the end, when it all came down to the end, it was like, I was like, I knew it was gonna be a close race between Eric and I. I always knew that. Um, and so I had to do a little politicking. Um, and that's, you know, I've, I've, this was my third national campaign for an officer position. It's not like right. I don't know how the game works. Um, and so I played the game a little bit, man, and, and we won. And, and now, uh, now we got, now we, we are where we are. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm super stoked. I, you know, like I said in, in the beginning of this and, and just now, I love Angela. I think she's, gonna, I think she's a great chair. Um, and I'm going to support her in every way possible as the vice chair. And I'm certainly not going to try to bring her down. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's flying the plane, yeah. dude. I'm not going to wreck the plane. No, no, so, no need, no need to. Uh, thank you, Nicholas to, Sarwark, uh, for electing me as vice chairman. I guess he, I guess he wasn't a liar because he did say, and I said in my speech uh, when I was first running for chair in 2018, he said, "Why don't you run for at large a couple times, and then run for vice chair, and then I'll support you after that, right?" And so yeah. he wasn't a liar. He he kept true to his word, and he supported a Josh Smith uh, for vice chair uh, campaign. Nothing summarizes the night. Uh, of that whole thing better than the the photo that was being shared around of Sarwark with his head oh, in his yeah. hands that yeah. was that that's been everywhere. Well, there was nothing um, better of that night than until yeah. he decided that he wanted to play LeBron James on the convention floor. Oh, the Jussie Smollier, the, <laughs> the, the <laughs> Smollier play. Dude, that was <laughs> hilarious. I watched that video because I, I I authorized recording Stephen Nicola. Yeah, Stephen Nicola, <laughs> he's on. That's an unauthorized recording. I and and it was like so. There's another video that if you haven't seen it in Nicola's, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, where Nicola is actually. Uh, recording his conversation with the police because Nicholas Sarwark called the police on the guy that he I ran into. I haven't got to hear that. And and the police tell him, I, I'm not going to say it verbatim, but uh, I think they said uh, they saw the video of what happened after he's telling the cops that he was assaulted and all this shit. By the way, right. the guy that he uh, supposedly tried to pull this little scam on is not even Mises Caucus. No, I heard that as well. Yeah, yeah that because I didn't recognize him. Yeah, and so and so he's telling the cops, Juicy and then Juicy and then Stephen Nicola shows him the video, and the cops go, "Man, this is some high school level girl shit. Don't call us again." <laughs> right? Yeah, and that's that was their that was their answer to just Juicy. Well, he's Sarwark. a lawyer. He knows better than that shit or whatever the yeah. fuck he does for a living. Yeah. And, and I watched the video, and that was the first thing I did was like, "Well, there's no, there's no." 
there was no act of aggression there to constitute an assault. So yeah. it's like just this is a wash. Just blows my mind, man. But the whole thing was it was a good time, and we, you know, a lot of years of work and and blood and sweat and tears went into that this takeover that everybody you know yeah. calls it. And I know that I know that some of the people in the MC wanted to back away from the takeover language. I got stronger in my nah, takeover language. Yeah, I got stronger in my takeover language, uh, especially over the last you know three or four years with these people calling my jobs to try and get me fired and and attacking my family and and literally fucking grooming my fifteen year old daughter uh, to use as yeah, a that political shit pawn. Pissed me off. Yeah. Uh, and so you know, I mean, backstory on me was like I I was at one point going to kind of split off and just kind of call myself a liberty movement thing. One of the reasons why I joined up and kind of became permanent members of things and started organizing was because of kind of the attack on the internet against you right. and one other person at the same time that I was wrapped up in like comment sections and stuff of it pissed me off. And like, I guess, so that's one thing we could talk about is aftermath, like the, the post Reno, Right. Yeah, post Reno uh, is is beautiful, man. It's a beautiful libertarian world right now. I've seen what I would consider to be less like reing online than I expected, which right. I know a lot of people thought was uh, surprising when I I updated people on my show. I did like a recap thing with a couple people who were there, and I was like, yeah, I don't, I didn't see as much bitching on Facebook and Twitter as I expected to see. The loser brigade types are, are going to do their thing, of course. But as far as I'm concerned, those people are irrelevant now because it's like, well, you have no ability to do anything. Like you're kind of like outside of the space we should be worrying about at this point. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been really good. I have seen I've seen so far like the tweets coming out of national. I've been liking. Um, there was a whole uproar about the whole uh so actually here we could talk about this on the post-libertarian side of things sure. the reaction from that i made a prediction on my show which was that uh i think the post-libertarians after reno have to just oppose pretty much they have to oppose anything they can coming out of the lp no matter what and the reasoning behind that has become ultimately because like the whole the whole post libertarian thing started because they didn't think the Mises caucus was going to work or it wasn't working fast enough sure. in my opinion and now the LP is under Mises caucus control or whatever, however you want to call it right the takeover has been successful and we can move forward from there and so I feel like their only reaction is either you have to just hate on everything that comes out of it and one of the things that I think pointed that out was like there was the pride tweet right. that the, the Mises caucus put out and that kicked up some whole. Well, the Mises caucus debate. didn't put that out. Not Mises. I mean, sorry. LP sorry, national put that LP out. national yeah. on the LP national Twitter. I misspoke there. Um, and I had no problem with that tweet. And I talked about on my show how I didn't really have a problem with it, but some people got really butthurt about it. And when I started looking into who was getting butthurt about it, it's all post libertarian people. Well, sure. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> this is like, I'm like, eh, this thing seems. Stupid. I wasn't super happy about it either. You know, and, and it wasn't the tweet itself. The tweet. I didn't say, I said the yeah. timing was off. Yeah. The tweet was fine. 
the tweet was fine. I think the tweet was fine, but the the hashtag was unneeded, and I don't I don't want to pander. I agree with that. I don't want to pander to pride. Look, I yeah. I, I look. You don't I, need the hashtag. I agree with that, dude. I'm, because that removes the only thing they mentioned about pride in that was the hashtag, correct? Right. Yeah, it was all the hashtag was the big yeah. problem, and I get that. I understand it entirely because look, dude, uh, listen. The corporations say we're gay this month. We're all gay this month, okay? And I don't want to play into that. You know what I mean? Like that's cool, man. I don't care if you're fucking gay. I don't care if you're straight. I don't care what you do with your wiener or your vagina or your butthole, right? Like, I just don't give a shit. You're free to do whatever you want to do. But right. man, I don't, I'm not playing into the fucking, like, oh, we get a whole month to talk about our, you know, our sexuality. Like, dude, I'm I don't there. give a shit. I don't care. I don't want my kids at the pride parade because I, I'm from, dude, I'm from Oakland. Oh. I'm from I Oakland, apparently dude. upset at a bunch of people by saying that on my show that I wasn't. We watched the clip that uh, our, our, our Stein posted, Stein ninety nine. The uh, oh, post yeah, sure, I can't sure. remember his name, but he posted on a uh, Twitter of the 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 dance, the drag me to uh, drag your kids or whatever event that went on where they were like dancing with clothes on but dancing and kids were putting clothes and like well so some people, money and clothing and some stuff people and I, may like, have, I don't know if i like that some <laughs> people may have different uh um experiences at pride okay and that's yeah, that's fine that's... but i've been to pride in san francisco several years um i'm from the oakland area i've been the and let me tell you dude i there's there's fucking wieners everywhere uh, I've seen one of the pride events yeah, in Florida and I've it was very seen similar. Gay sex and and latex and dicks orgies everywhere. and fucking all kinds of shit on the street at the parade. And I don't want my kids around that shit, dude. Like, and I don't give a fuck that it's gay. I'd say the same thing if it was a straight pride parade and people were doing the same things. Right. Uh, Dave Smith made the point of like Hooters and stuff like that. Like, it's like I wouldn't take my seven year old to Hooters necessarily or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily either. But like, there's a difference even. Because there's like a a fine line between like I've seen like the again, I've been in Florida during one of them and it was like a big parade system where it was going down the middle of the road and it was fine. Most of it was fine, but you couldn't look at it at any point in time without seeing something, including <laughs> exposed genitalia, exposed bre exposed breast, right. or just shit that I think is too suggestive for something like uh, anybody under 10, 11 years old even to see. Right. And even at, above that, like, yeah, I don't want uh, my 13-year-old seeing someone's dick either. Right. Like, I have a problem with that in general. Well, here's, a, here's, a, good, here's a good example in, in, the, in the, 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 the chat here. Uh, David Brady from the, the Road to Providence said, my idea of Pride Month is listening to Black the Black Bear podcast, which, which is with James Gentleman, who's a good friend right. of mine and, yep. and very based gay. I, t I, talk, to, I talk about it all the time. No, but, James is awesome. But I talked to James recently, and he was asking me if I knew if somebody else was gay or whatever, and I said, James, I didn't know you were gay until you brought it up, dude. You know what I mean? Like, and dude, I didn't give a shit. Like, I don't care. I've He's like one of my best James. friends. I met James. I don't think he remembers it, but I think I did meet him uh, at one point at either. It was, it was I think it was Tom Woods. True. Uh, 2000. Um, and yeah, it was nice. I wouldn't have been, you, you, you can't just guess something. I mean, I don't have the best gaydar in general, but I don't think you can just like most people that I meet that are based in this community that turn out to be gay or part of those communities even aren't like noticeable. Do you hate modern wrestling? Wish you could go back to the sex and violence of the 90s? You're not alone. 
Eric and Tom are going back to 1993 to watch ECW from the beginning to its end. So come get extreme. Just search for Extreme Timeline on any podcast app and come get extreme. Well, and it's like it's like it's like dude, <laughs> it's like dude, not a trait before, that they carry on their sleeve. Before all this shit, like I didn't walk up to people like, "Yo, what's up? My name's Josh. I fuck women." You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no like, one cares. No one cares. <laughs> no one I mean? gives a shit. Yeah. Like, I just and that's my thing is I'm not okay with like the identity politics side of it. And right. pride to me kind of feeds into that. Like it, the whole thing is become part of that. Like, like and it's to fine. me Listen, that tweet would be perfect specifically talking about it but even like, even here's the without, thing like i don't care about the pride parade like dude no, if you want to no, have a, pr- just, a parade you can have it i don't yeah give a i shit. don't give I just, a shit like i'm I not gonna take my kids to it yeah i don't <laughs> i just don't think you should be bringing kids and and it's a prominent member of the libertarian party uh or as prominent as he can be um posted a picture of his seven-year-old oh i saw that yeah Yeah. at the pride parade today and said you know my my kid loves going every year and i said and i brought up the fact that yo dude i've been to the san francisco one and he's in atlanta georgia and i I said uh, you know i've been to the san francisco one i see what goes on there it's not something you should brag about bringing your kids to a situation like that it's you know in my opinion it's not a place for children he said well i've never seen anything like that in atlanta so i immediately went looked up atlanta pride parade 2022 and uh immediately started getting images of dudes literally jerking their dick on floats at the Atlanta parade yeah, immediately so this year. Can talk about generally Atlanta in general because I have like a lot of friends in that area. Right. There's a very active gay community there, and I can imagine it's very similar to the one that is in California or those areas. Well, that San Francisco's kind of the San Francisco's kind of been like at the at the forefront of this parade and these. And these well, things, yeah, right? I guess that's true. I yeah. guess you could may uh, maybe compare it to general California and not San Francisco. San Francisco is like. Dude, they had poop maps. Like, I don't know that's a how legit, far That's a legit to thing. And I just took... It still is. I just took my kids to San Francisco, right? Like, we went... When when we were in... in we were uh, there, like, four or five years ago. Yeah, when we were in the Bay Area, we went... I took the kids uh, down to... Um, uh, uh, I took them down to uh, the Fisherman's Wharf, and we just walked the wharf. Kind of stayed away from any everybody. We didn't have COVID symptoms anymore, but we just stayed away from everybody. Uh, and then I took them to the beach in Pacifica, and we sat on the beach. But yeah, San Francisco... Well, I grew up going to San Francisco. It was like a great city, dude. Like it, there was a lot, you know, the X games were there on the piers every year. They had ball games and football games and, and, uh, there, you know, there's all kinds of parades and celebrations and the new year's Eve celebration. And it was just always a really cool city, dude. It is a shadow of its former self. And you know, who had a lot to do with that was when he was the mayor was Gavin Newsom and yeah. he, and he was so shitty and so terrible. Everybody. I forget about that. Yeah. And is the, it Newsom was the one that was in charge of that whole shit. Yeah. Show. He's the one who fucked that whole city up. And then the, and the, you know, in the and state of California, one to one. Well, in, in, <laughs> in politics in California, you fell up, you fell upwards. Right. And so, right. you yeah. know, we have the, Pelosi my grandfather and, still lives there. My biological yeah. one. I, that was where my, my dad's technically like my dad was born in orange County. Uh, but he he moved away from there to Alaska at a pretty young you know right. youngish age and went moved around Hawaii and other. Well, I, I I'm born and raised there, man. You know what I mean? And 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 uh, I still I still have like nostalgia for San Francisco, and there's still parts of San Francisco that I really enjoy, like the like the wharf. I think Fisherman's Wharf is really cool. It's really touristy, but it's it's a cool place. The Pier 39 is really cool. Uh, they got some really you know the the financial district is a lot of fun to go shopping in. If you want to go shopping, they have really cool malls like on every fucking corner. You know they got they got um you got hate. Street, uh, 
um, uh, that's really really cool. Oh, and that's where I want to hang yeah, out. Yeah, they got that that old ben, <laughs> the old Ben and Jerry's. They got Hippie Hill there. They got all the cool head shops. Like, there's a lot of cool things about San Francisco. You still got you know the bays right there. You can go take your little trip to Alcatraz, and it's it's a fucking cool city, dude. But it's just it, the politics suck. You can't make under a million dollars and live in the city anymore. Yeah, you know it's what I mean? it's kind of like almost in a sense a lot of the some a lot of the areas in new york all those areas have become the same thing where you have to make so much i mean like even in alaska like our rent price have gotten insane and everybody keeps going well there's going to be this big burst and it's going to fix prices and stuff it's like yeah well well i'm ready but it'll never fix the prices in san francisco they've always been fucked yeah no that's fucked but like even Uh, even here it's getting to the point where like housing's non-existent in the town i live in right. and it's literally just because of the, the city council and the government here because right. they they don't like they want to keep it the way they want to keep it and so people can't move in and so they're just flooding the areas little nooks and crannies and like you know uh it and then that seems to be happening everywhere because i think pretty much every small town whether you're in the south or north like we are wherever the fuck you are has all come to the realization that uh, financially everything's fucked around them, right? So even the areas with small populations are going into kind of government hibernation in a sense, it feels like. Um, It's weird the way everything's played out uh, with the libertarians, though. Uh, After fact, um, the people who split off, I guess. I, you know, everybody kept bitching about donations, and you were the one that I saw put up the thing saying there was th- were thirty-seven lifetime memberships. Uh, that the one oh, night, wait, I think, way more than that. I think. It, well, we, it's it, it's gone up since then. Broke, but that was the we, number I saw. We and broke, I think we're 60, broke sixty. Yeah, we broke sixty. No, we broke sixty in the first twenty-four hours. We've we've gone over mm. that now. Um, we raised four hundred thousand dollars at that convention in, in, in memberships yeah. and fundraising and other things as well, not just the the lifetimes. But now, um, I'm looking at this this trend of new members coming in and new people like upping their donations and becoming lifetime members. I think we're going to out fundraise uh, the the prior five LNCs by a magnitude of like times five. So that's that's huge, dude. That's a really big deal. Um, and I'm super stoked to see it, dude. Like the party needs it. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. party, the party needed this this rebranding, this revamp. They needed people who were going to be bold and brash. And Maj Tere gave a speech at the Mises Bash. That was really good. Best best speech I of the weekend. Um, and he was right, dude. We are now in a place where we can change America, dude. We yeah. can literally change this country. We have the power to do that. We can we can come together, coalesce under these ideals with a political party that is 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 um, sympathetic to us, that is welcoming to us um and we we have the 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 uh, the 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 wherewithal right and the and the courage uh as a as from these people that have now come and taken over this party we have the courage to go out and say hey state we're not going to take your shit anymore and maj is right you know buy a vest dude because they're yeah they're, you know that you, was that was great yeah, when you started i saw michael heist post that photo yeah and I, and I was like well dude i've been the one out there doing it for a couple years you guys didn't send me a vest come on minnesota where you at karen and karen and harlos i think had a similar complaint yeah i was like <laughs> i've been doing this shit for years dude and now now i'm i'm at the forefront i gotta of it. find you gotta send me a vest dude no um but seriously we we, we are we have the opportunity to change change this country um change the narrative at the very least and people are going to be really upset about that and so we are going to get attacked and you have to be fucking brave and courageous and be ready to go dude because 
They're going to try to ruin you, man. They are. You know, if my own party tried to ruin me for, for trying to change things in the party, imagine what the state is going to try to do to us. And you have to be ready for that. Some of us are, and, and, and Naj is absolutely right. Some people are going to fucking flip, dude. Some people are going to have bags of money sent to them and they're going to drop out and they're, you know what I mean? And, or, or worse. And, uh, and you have to be ready for that. And I am, I think I am. I think I, you know, I, and I don't think, I don't think there's many people in the party that have been, that are re- more ready for that than I am because I just went through five years of it from my own party, you know? So yep. anyways, we're getting to the end. We're getting close to the end of this thing, buddy. But why don't you, uh, before we go, why don't you tell me about the podcast, man? What's going on there? Where can people find uh, you? What's it all about? Yeah. So, uh, I've got. Right now, three co-hosts that are pretty consistent. That's Josh Halofka from Florida. Love Josh. Great guy. Um, I got Kareem Mays from PA and uh, CD McCray. That's three um, great people, dude. And it's been pretty awesome so far. We've had some like swap outs and guests on. Um, it's mainly just kind of like a libertarian-based version of Tim Pool. We're kind of right now, we're just covering news stories that come up nice. and LP topics talking about like stuff that's happening but eventually here we're kind of shift things around to be a little more organized i've got uh another show that i'm going to be starting this more of a kind of solo or interview style thing too um yeah but it's all been good we've got like 16 episodes up and nice, uh people can go check out trying to give me stuff. a run for my money bro You're trying to catch up uh, we're just doing like a weekly nice. right now which is i think kind of perfect we I do did- monday monday just monday the, i did i did 150 episodes in one year and then i just dropped off for a month i'm sorry guys <laughs> I um, no you you kill it you were killing it because it like the upload schedule works really well and like with your channel having the memberships and everything and being able to do super chats um you know, streaming is like that. Just makes sense. Like, yeah. But if you if you if you guys want to know the truth, if you're listening to this, uh, this show had become pretty lucrative, and and I uh, I dropped off and. It's it's not as lucrative anymore, so I apologize for letting you guys down. Um, but if you're listening and you want to uh, support Mr. Radner, where can they find you? How can they support oh, you? Where can they uh, listen to YouTube you? is just Outlawed Thoughts, and uh, it's just spelled normal. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Liberty Layton. Awesome, Layton. Thank you so much, man, for coming on. If you can give me like two minutes to close out the stream, we'll start the members only stream. We'll be in there for ten or fifteen minutes too. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks, brother. All right, guys, another awesome episode of Break the Cycle. Layton is super cool. Please go follow him and check out his podcast. He's a great dude, man. He really is. I've I've uh, I've come to really uh, enjoy hanging out with him and 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 calling him friends. So so please go support the man if you can. Uh, he's very knowledgeable on a lot of topics, and it sounds like he's got a pretty based cast of people on his show. Uh, all really good friends friends of mine as well. So that's gonna be that's gonna be fun. Definitely gonna be added to my rotation. Um, and I do listen to a lot of podcasts at work. Guys, like I was just saying, uh, you know, the, the show did become a lot less lucrative. Uh, and I started focusing on the campaign at the end there to try and get that win. Uh, we got it. We got the win. Um, and so I'm back to doing the show. Uh, tomorrow night I'll have um, – um, uh, who's who, – sorry, let me check my schedule. Uh, I'm not that cool. Oh, yeah, I'll have Bull Johnson from Minnesota on uh, running for uh, uh, Senate there. He uh, did not – 
due to uh, unforeseen circumstances with the election laws there, uh, did not get on the ballot as a libertarian, but found another line in Minnesota that he can use. Um, so he will be running there. Uh, really awesome guy, farmer, um, uh, adopter of children, uh, somebody that I really look up to and uh, and value in this movement, uh, his voice, because we share a lot of similarities. So I'm very excited uh, to have that conversation with him. And then on Friday, the queen herself comes and returns to break the cycle. Angela McArdle, the new chair of the Libertarian Party uh, National Committee, will be here. That's going to be an awesome show. We're going to talk about all the plans she has for the party, how we're going to turn it upside down and and right side in and all those great things. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about all the very, very good plans that she has. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Super stoked. Um, but guys, you know, if you if you dropped off the Patreon, you dropped off the subscribe star or uh, or the channel memberships here. I totally get it. Um, I did get lackadaisical there for a couple of, well, I guess, a month. Um, but if you haven't, if you haven't joined back up, uh, we will be doing regular shows again. Like I said, I got three this week. Uh, probably going to do at least two or three next week. Got some really cool stuff lined up. Uh, talking to some really cool names now. Um, so I, I think we're going to have some really fun shows. Uh, if you guys become a member, you do get all the members only streams. There's about 150 of them up there now that you haven't seen if you've never been a member. Uh, and there's going to be a lot more. So that's a lot of extra content. Um, I think, uh, my Patreon sells, uh, for, for the swag, like a bunch of stuff did not get sent out. So that's getting sent out, uh, this week. Finally, um, hopefully those people will not, even the people that stopped being patrons that didn't get stuff, will get stuff, uh, coming in the mail in the next couple weeks. Uh, so lots of new stuff for break the cycle. I think we're talking about doing some new, uh, intros, outros, all that great stuff. Um, and, uh, I am talking about doing some new media for the libertarian party as well. So, uh, you guys know my activism. If you want to support the show and me, this is the way to do it. And I appreciate you very much. Uh, also please go check out my sponsors. Of course. The man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break the Cycle, toplobster.com, where you can get this great Ron Paul uh, getting high on the ideas of liberty shirt that you see me wearing today by using BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. Or like I said, if you join the Patreon subscribe star and you get into the private Discord server with really, really fucking cool people, man, truly great people, um, you will get all of his new gear up to two weeks before it goes to the general public at a 30% discount. So really, if you're one of the smaller subscribers, it pays for itself, man. It really does because you're going to buy the top lobster gear. I never, I had no idea how much gear he had sold till I went to the national convention and I saw how many people were wearing top lobster and it just, it filled my heart with joy, man. He's such a good, lovable dude. Uh, one of my best friends in the world, and, and I'm just happy to have had him be a part of the show for so long uh, without without kicking me to the curb, and, and even when he got the job with Odyssey. So uh, good dude. Go support him. Give him your money. And, of course, executive producers of the show, AnthemPlanning.com. For all your emergency and crisis planning needs, check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently. Plus, Amy Lepora is uh, is amazing and badass and you should be supporting her business if you have a business because she's going to she's going to save you money she's going to help you with planning you guys are going to be better off for it so please go check them out um and like i said tomorrow's show will have a video for a new uh uh sponsor that i'm very stoked about and we will announce that tomorrow if you're listening to it online you will have already heard um the new uh ad for them so very excited about that guys i love you to death seriously i know it's been a rough month for my show um, but we're back, baby. We're back. And we're the vice chair of a national political party. Um, and we have a lot of really cool plans. And so I'm super stoked for that. Super stoked that you guys are still hanging around. I love you all. Uh, I will see you tomorrow for the show with Bull. But until then, don't forget to break the cycle.
explain The lyrics of my last song may seem to contain A violent call to action in the verse and the frame But I just meant it in Minecraft The helicopter part wasn't referenced to GTA 5 and the things you do So any violence you commit, I am not an excuse Because I just meant it in Minecraft But Chipper is my friend and he's constantly cold Accusations of incitement getting totally old Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just meant it in Minecraft Obviously I would never advocate force Unless there's due process and a trial, of course And if you're convicted, we will make you a corpse In Minecraft, just in Minecraft You're nothing I mean, you know it No product finish, cause it close, you COVID Holy shit, I think I 